Welcome to the Jungle Brothers Podcast, fam. It's me, Joe Worthington. Paul Fodafilli. Good afternoon, listeners. How are you, bro? Fine, thanks. How are you? Good, man. Mate, thanks for um, making this happen on a Thursday. I had to veer from our usual Friday afternoon uh, <coughs> schedule this week. You know I'll shuffle things around for you anytime. Always. Thursday's a big day for, for you guys at the gym, huh? With the coaches meet and PT development and whatnot. Yeah, it is. There's uh, yeah, a couple of big meets that come straight after the morning, which is usually coaching and stuff for most of us. So it just rolls on into these meets and before you know it, you're starving and it's like 2 p.m. Mm. Yeah, it's busy. Best part, of it, you know that lunch is coming. Yeah, that's right. You fast in the mornings on this day or you eat? I have a, I have a snack in the morning because uh, I don't start till a bit later. I finish here late on Wednesdays. I am around, often take the kids to school, so I'm at home for a bit longer. So I'll just grab a little something. This morning- What do you have? It's, it's random. The people want to know. The people want to know this morning- What a Jungle Brothers snack. I like. had a uh, multi-grain toast, two pieces, with uh, Philadelphia low-fat cheese. Oh, yeah. It's like spread. Yeah. No butter. And then ham off the bone and then honey. And just slap the other piece on top. <laughs> it was literally because it was dark and cold and there wasn't anything there. And I was making it and Kate came down, my mother-in-law. She was like, what is that? <laughs> it looked like a piece of bacon, this ham off the bone, because it was like really nice and smoked. Oh, wow. Um, and I just put it together. Didn't feel like whatever else there was. Two pieces, like separate with the stack open or like sandwich? Sandwich. Sandwich. Yeah. Fuck. For cream cheese. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I it guess was you, light. you wouldn't have gone for the low fat had you been buying it yourself. I don't know who bought it. But it was in the cream fridge. cheese is mad. Yeah. I, I you know, I, I love, I don't know what you call that, soft cheeses. I fucking love. Spreadable cheeses. Spreadable cheeses. Persian feta is like my favorite thing to have in the fridge. If I have Persian feta, I'm usually okay, whether it's with the meat or vegetables or f fruit. No, not really fruit, but I love it. Fuck. Sandwich, yeah, spreadable cheese. There's That's something what I had <laughs> something a bit gross about about it. Not like feta or something, or like labna because they seem. But like Philly's a bit weird. Philly, you're like, what the fuck <laughs> is this? That's what they put in cheesecakes. Yeah, like I believe so. Bricks of it. Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't think it's actually that gnarly. It's not like um. I get things like that mixed up with. Have you seen like Miracle Whip? Products. I know of it. I don't know what it actually is. Yeah, products like that, which are like spreadable marshmallow paste and stuff. Oh, gross. And you're like, I don't know what the fuck that is, but it kind of looks the same and it makes me think of like yeah, that yeah, really yeah. highly processed. Oh, look, I wasn't, I wasn't proud to admit that live on recorded radio, <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it'd be transparent here. But what are you looking at there? You're looking for, you're looking for some like, and this, actually I was thinking about this when I was at Tree's place the other day at Panamfor and we had, uh, I had lunch with him and I had a sandwich and it's a very simple sandwich. It's a meatloaf sandwich. They make the meatloaf. They put some lettuce, some tomato. They put some pickles that they make, like pickled carrot and daikon, I think. Um, and then I got a bit of avocado on it. But and, and it's got some mayo and some chili sauce, right? Simple. But it's the fucking best sandwich. And I'm like, Tree, you can't make this sandwich at home. Like people, people think they can, but you can't. Like there's something that's just about the ratios and what you've got in here that it's just very hard to replicate. So there's some kind of intention <coughs> when you make a snack like that where you're like, all right, I got my protein sauce. I've got a bit of sweetness, which is the honey. You got the fat. Yep. Yeah. I think you can, you can get good at it. 
I think that I'm a, I'm pretty good at it. Um, I don't have a method, but there I, there should be a method. Like you said, I think Kate, like Kate, for people who don't know my mother-in-law and father-in-law, they're both chefs. I'm very lucky to be around them. Um, but she cooks and when she makes something, I mean, she makes meals out of nothing in the fridge. There's always a, a spice cupboard and there's lots of different things in there. She can make something from nothing, and, but she knows what it needs because – you know, there's like a like, like, like templates, a, yeah, or like color wheels, and knowing you know for d- graphic designers, know what colors are opposite on the spectrum that work together, etc. She's like, she knows the ingredient or the taste or the whatever texture that this is missing to make it balanced. Um, I think you can do that with sandwiches. I think I've got a, a, an intuition for it, but I've never sat down and tried to. Um, articulate that in a method. Imagine that right. Jungle Brothers sandwich method. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. well, it's 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 yeah. I mean, it's um, it seems kind of silly, but then you look at what <laughs> you look at people who make great food like that, and probably somewhere along the way they had like an intentional process that they learned, mm. where it's like yeah, like protein and then something acidic and something sweet and don't want it too dry. Yeah, you know, bit, a bit of, of texture fat brings brings some some moisture and. Yeah. And it's like once you know those laws, your food is just mad. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm good at preparing food without a plan. Um, I don't know why that is. But, yeah, I've lucky at the, in the film industry to be exposed to lots of different types of food. That's like one because then you, it's hard to come up with ideas of your own, eating lots of different diverse types of food. And then just being hungry all the time. Main. You've got to have the appetite. <laughs> You've got to have the appetite. So you're like – Man, it's desperate. All the shops are closed. The public holiday. What do we got here? All right, let's make it happen. You know, Paul's looking around. He's like, "These motherfuckers aren't hungry. They don't know what this is." Um, yeah, I think back often to the food that we got in the film industry. We were so spoiled. Like it's so over the top. What was like, like to paint a picture for folks when we would when you would arrive on set say like when we were doing superman like you're doing a big movie you turn up to fox studios five or six days a week they tell you the day before like the, the night you're finishing it's always the fucking night time they're like we're kicking off at this time tomorrow breakfast will be available at the breakfast tent from 6 30 a.m what's it like when you walk into the breakfast tent um it's busy uh but food wise it's yeah it's filled with a very eclectic range of people um, which is hilarious and it's a story of its own. But the food-wise, there's everything there. I mean, there's a couple of long tables there that have um, – they always have the, the mueslis and the cereals and those dried oats kind of thing just there always with um, different range of milks. You've got freaking baskets of every different type of bread, toasters going, spreads, and that's kind of set all the time. And then you've got fruit platters. They're always set. And then – of a morning, oh, well, actually, and the fruit the, platter's got the, every, everything you can imagine. Yeah, and then a lot of the hot stuff is consistent every morning as well. So you've always got eggs, bacon, sausages, hash browns, whatever that is. And then they usually have a bit of a feature every every day, you know, and that it just cycles. So sometimes it's French toast. Sometimes I've got uh, made bagels with salmon and cream cheese, or whatever that feature is. Sometimes the Turkish bread with ricotta and honey. Yeah, and you know, depending on the yeah the job, they might have some pre-made things ready like beanies ready to go because lots of people are eating on the go i mean it was terrible for that yeah you'd stuff yourself then you'd run off and put it just start working yeah um but yeah that have ready made things. still be like chewing food as you're like oh, carrying yeah. heavy shit and yeah yeah and you really stuff yourself with about five times more food than you actually need 
used to. Because it's all there. Yeah, it takes a lot of discipline and I think some time in the game to be a bit more conservative about what you're eating and how much. Yeah, there's everything there. Dude, congee, don't forget congee, that was often there. Yeah. And like, it's like they would have- Crispy bits of bacon. Yeah, like the the big tub of rice congee and then like this platter of like chopped Chinese vegetables and tofu and shredded chicken and chili Mm. fresh and soy. Like just, uh, you know, you could have like 16 different breakfasts. It'd be fun because you'd create, I mean, you'd everyone would go to the congee, put that in the bowl and they'd go over to the hot, hot stuff and chuck in a couple of fried eggs. Oof. Oof. You, and you, I mean, <laughs> standard is multiple types of eggs. You would get poached, scrambled, sometimes fried, scrambled. Um, it's funny to, it's funny to like think back. You, there would always be, people would always be a little bit more, um, I don't know, healthy about their choices at the beginning of a film. And then towards the end of it, when everyone was like super overworked and fatigued and depressed and, everyone would just be eating bacon and eggs. Like you would just be going for all the greasy shit, the sausages, like consistently. Yeah, yeah. People would start films, they're like, I'm not doing any desserts on this one, man. I'm, I'm going to come out of this film in good shape. And then sure enough, at the end, they'd be like, yeah, fuck that. Funny thing with the films, like uh, different to like commercials and stuff, films like a longer form of work for any freelance technician or, or whatnot, um, those were the times where I was – the most disciplined like over all those years like with anything because it was more regular um whereas commercials it's really hard to get a rhythm because you're 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 week to week and you're month to month it's it's very broken up whereas on films you could you could actually put your foot down and say on this film i'm going to you know and people would have different levels of success but for me personally it was when i could actually because i had a rhythm i was in monday to friday and lots of like i work really well like that personally just coming in and out turning up doing it type of thing and and it was easy for me to say hey i'm not going to drink uh any alcohol for this film or for these three months or i'm not going to eat dessert even though it was there because i was in more of a regular rhythm it was easier for me to stick to different things yeah i know what you're saying. otherwise yeah film commercials were a fucking nightmare for that mm. commercials were almost like a hard to save money because it's just coming at all different times and it's hard to manage yeah as well mm. Yeah, and there's like this delay to when you get paid and then, you, you know, yeah, you got a week or two off. And, and also it's just like that idea of, I mean, it, we, we see it now with people all the time with their training. If they have like a lack of consistency or routine in their day-to-day, then that affects their training and then that affects how they eat and it affects everything. But the people who have generally who have a routine are the ones that are the most successful making progress on all those fronts. Because you can then start to structure how you, okay, I'm going to eat out on these nights. I'm going to do meal prep through the week. I'm going to train Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Like you can lay down these things and just stick to them. But the the commercial life, that sort of freelance life, it just doesn't lend itself to, I don't know, to like a healthy lifestyle. Something I, I was listening to, um, what's that uh, astrophysicist? Neil deGrasse. Neil deGrasse. He was on Rogan. And I, um, I, was, I was listening to him. Man, he's, he's funny. Hey. He's I don't know cool if he's guy. from New York, but he lives in there. And away he comes across sometimes. It's like, obviously, he's eclectic and he's a smart guy and he's kind of rambling on. But he's got so many cool things to say. And, you know, it's obviously like his perspective and stuff. But he was just talking about um, being creative 
And he said something about being creative uh, requires, like you can't be, what did he say? Something about being, you want to be less productive if you want to be more creative. And the point being that, um, you know, they kind of operate differently. You need boring time to be more creative. It's something that I try to get with my kids. It's just, I want them to be a bit bored. Um, And how, you know, if you want to get, if you want to be in that space, then you need a clear space for it. Like, you know, and they were talking about ideas and how they come. And ideas don't come to you. New ideas, when you're fucking trying to do a to-do list, you're managing a gym and blah, blah, blah. So you have to make space for creative time. Um, And anyway, I just thought of how how does that relate to what you just said now? Um, Because we're, yeah, like if you were in a creative industry and your job is to have ideas, you know, or, you know, whether it's, philosophical ones like him trying to relate it back to science and philosophy or if you're a director or a writer um you know well um, i guess i'll ask the question does it mean that you should have a more disjointed staccato kind of timeline that you operate on where there's big gaps of freaking no productivity nothing to do just going to the bit i mean that's what you say uh, you i know? see what you mean do you think though, like I get your question, are you saying though that that um, That's the other end of that doesn't gel with routine? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm guessing by looking at what he said and, and you can see some that there's some truth in that, just, you know, it rings true. Um, does that mean that, you know, you need that, that change? Well, what if, I mean, but what if you have that space in your routine, you know? So what if you're yeah, like- Yeah, 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 exactly. And I think yep. that's- I. Yep. I I know from um, from having done the marketing. I believe that. I believe what you're saying. Yeah, like doing the marketing stuff for so long for JBs and doing social media where you're trying to come up with ideas. Mm. And so it's like there's two steps to the process. There's, yeah, there's the creation, coming up with ideas. And then there's the, um, the delivery or the actioning of that thing. I'm going to post it. I'm going to write the thing on Facebook. I'm going to um, post the video now and tag it and whatever. And- um, I got, we got told this by Drew, our business coach many years ago, but he was like, don't try and do them on the same day because they're separate processes. And I didn't really get it until I got it, which was like a couple of years ago. I'm like, yeah, when you try to do both, it's really hard. It's kind of like when we're about to podcast and we're like, what are we talking about today? You're not really in a headspace to come up with ideas. You're in a headspace to sit down, mic up, start chatting. Mm. Um, so I think you either have to have the processes separated, uh, and I, and I think what well, you have to have the process separate, I think for creative folk, I think they need room. Mm. And I think like, like, say you see that with T, I think like he finds that room. Let's talk about him. Cause he's not here. Yeah. yeah go on. Yeah. Let's fucking throw him under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just warm the engine. Um, <laughs> honk, honk. but yeah, like he, you know, the gut, the permaculture thing, the camping, I think he needs those spaces Matt, to be able to come up with every ideas. Every time he comes back, you're just oh, like, it's a barrage. Right, strap in. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I, let's have a meeting. Guys, <laughs> I, I got something I want to propose. That's what he says. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, it's just, uh, I'm not sure what everyone's going to think, but I just throw around and you're like, ah, oh, here we go. Um, but, but yeah, so I, um, <clears throat> I noticed that actually lately that's been uh, before we fucking start roasting tea. <laughs> Um, I've noticed that because as I've stepped away from like 
working on like doing gym stuff, right? Like I'm still here half the week, but I'm not, I'm not involved in any admin of the gym, which most people would know about that. We've spoken about it prior. Um, it's given me room in my day to just like, it's just given me space and I haven't like nailed it yet by any means, but I found it's been a lot easier for me to be creative about designing the marketing for the Alliance and designing the content for the website and thinking about what's the message here and who are we trying to talk to and what are we telling them? It's so much easier for me to do that. Whereas, and it's only been what, like five weeks, six weeks. Whereas for Jungle Brothers, when I was working in the gym, which was like the last, I don't know, nine years, I could never get that. I could never find that space to like, as an example, redesign the website because I never, like I never took the space. Mm. It was always like, oh, I'll, I'll slot that in 90 minutes there, like in between PT sessions and meetings to think about the website. And like, it doesn't work like that. does not. But when you can kind of be at home or out walking the dogs or something and you're like, okay, I don't have anything pressing right now. Like I did my admin stuff this morning, you find all of a sudden your mind goes towards this creative space. Yeah, I, I, I believe it. And that's true of me. There's probably some exceptional people who can just switch from one thing to the other. Um, and probably it's also something you could get good at. And I'm just thinking because um, for a lot of people, especially small business owners, um, you, have to, you, have, you have no choice, other choice but to. And I think, uh, and you, as you say this, I think, oh, well, shit, Dylan's in your seat now. So um, you can schedule time and you can do it. Um, but I guess it's when you have what you have now, there's a, it comes easier. Yeah. Right? It comes easier and, and maybe there's, you know, sweeter fruit that you're picking now that is just better ideas or something like that. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess I was posing that, oh, okay, if – productivity kind of in theory kills creative space like i was just wondering like yeah oh what i believe there well and it also i guess it also depends on what your definition of productivity is in that sense sure sure but i would say like for sure like on that like say with what you've got on your plate now where it's like managing people managing the business finances you know making sure the programs are up to scratch hoodies are like I don't think when you've got like that style of productivity, like that really traditional form of like urgent stuff that needs to happen so that the rest of the business can operate. Mm. I don't think that leaves much space for creativity. Well, that's why it popped up when he, um, when it was in the podcast and I was like, cause one of my, one of my things is I, I, well, I think all humans are creative. I think all humans want to be creative. Um, and there's so many different ways to express that. Um, and I know that I, enjoy love and i love being creative um so yeah it w- that's a, that exact scenario played out in my head and i was like well, when the hell am i doing it it's actually part of one of my yearly goals um is to jump back on that train and and figure out what a creative project can be for me and being realistic it wants to be you know one a year and i kind of battle with this idea that this gym is a creative outlet for us for sure uh, but just week to week, as you said, I'm thinking, oh, it's quite busy. You know, days are end to end at the moment. But where am, am I getting that fill for me? And, you know, I didn't really go too much deeper into it, but it popped up thinking, because, you know, if I don't get that fill, I know that at some point I'll, I'll pay for it or I'll feel 
that there, you know, that void will somehow kind of rear itself up somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I mean, what do you think? Like, <clears throat> yeah, how do you reconcile that? Because you could definitely make the case that on a, like on a macro level, mm. you're being extremely creative because you're facilitating That's right. this business, yeah. right? But it's like, well, yeah, but that doesn't really like get my gears going. Like it's not. Yeah, it can if I frame it that way though. You know? Right. That's what I'm thinking. Because like, it's true. Like, and now, you know, I'm, we're all coaches in this gym. And we do PT and we have our own personal uh, businesses and a personal brand. And I haven't really lent into that before, but we're doing some business development stuff with, with Az and the team just on our own personal businesses. And I'm starting to brand and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of feeling like, oh, this is kind of scratching that itch at the moment. Um, so I'm trying to put time aside to do that. And that for me is, is cool. Um, there, it, it's all in here. It's, it, it can be in here for sure. Um, it's just, a, you know, how am I seeing it type of thing? Yeah. You know, when yeah. you're in the grind, you're like, oh, I'm just grinding, grinding. It's like uh, you're actually doing more than that if you can frame it that way. But it was, yeah. I like podcasts like that because these trains of thoughts start happening. Well, right, like this chat where there's a bit of space. Oh, sorry, for yeah, that one. That uh, I okay. Expert, you know, yeah. And I, and I like listening to to. to certain people or you know i think the appeal there is yeah just fucking perspective on the world and things and obviously the universe it starts with that with him but it's very much about you know human dynamics and stuff like that as well yeah but yeah i, I like those trains of thought i like this podcast as well my i like friend. this podcast this creative too, outlet right now that's right given that we get time to talk like this on these sorts of subjects which is just like whatevs and that's i mean that's a like for say for someone who's listening and thinking oh yeah like i could do with a bit more space like that or like yeah i like being creative too but you know maybe you got a hobby and you don't make time for it and you're like fuck i haven't done my hobby like i haven't uh i like knitting and i haven't done it for a couple of years or whatever um <laughs> said none of our actual listeners <laughs> <laughs> Wrong I, could podcast, get around, yeah. I could get around knitting i reckon yeah, no. it's fucking my sister's been coming out and my mum been making some things and when they like my sister made like i don't know we're like little teddy bears and shit for the baby but i'm like this is awesome like you made that it's pretty cool it's mad I've, I've, we got because kate's a kate and tasha knitters right uh, tasha doesn't do so much anymore but kate's gone back into it um and lala tasha's grandma is i mean she's produced dozens of items for the children it's great i'm just saying I, no don't cancel me knitters <laughs> yeah, <Cancel laughs> still, culture. Still, there's, there's still love for the knitters but like it's easy when you have that creative outlet like say we have this podcast each week but how often does it happen where it gets the friday afternoon and your week's been so busy and you you normally keep your friday try and keep it a bit looser because you're like it's friday i got my shit done beforehand but invariably you get to friday and it's like jobs have spilled over and your friday's packed out and then it gets to podcast time and instead of bringing that like fuck yeah we've got podcasts sit down for a couple of hours hang out talk to someone about a thing, you're like, fuck, I'd be mad if we didn't have to podcast today because I've got to get the accounts done. <laughs> like, you know, some admin thing that is urgent because that's always the thing. Creativity is usually not urgent, but productivity often is, or at least feels like it is. So some, somewhere in our, in where, how we make priorities, the, the, ad, the, the productive stuff takes top, like a higher priority. And it's like, oh, I won't, you know, I won't do my hobby today because I've got to wash my clothes and clean the laundry. Absolutely. And then, yep. and it's like, fuck. And then it just doesn't happen. Yep. 
Yeah, that's that's true. I won't lie. I felt that way sometimes. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> the listeners, they, they demand content. No. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, that's true of uh, business um, in general and like our small business specifically, like, you know, we've separated stuff often in the, um, the value creation of the business versus like the admin of the business, the urgent stuff that runs and keeps delivering the product um, and the day-to-day versus putting time aside to further evolve the business or make it better or look ahead mm. and anticipate and all that sort of stuff. And um, yeah, I'm trying to I actually, I haven't actually scheduled time aside um, at the moment. It's only been a month or so. I've got kind of got, because uh, I have to wear different different hats here and yeah, um, I, I want to stay ahead of the curve and be doing that for mm-hmm. here as well. Proactive. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to um, put some time aside for that. One of my um, clients, Jimmy, you know, Jimmy? Yeah. Shout out Jimmy K. Jimmy's a good guy. Jimmy's a good guy. He, um, he's a business owner himself. He's owned several and, and, and um, sold several and stuff. He's, um, he's always given cool little advice. He likes our business, I think. And, um, uh, you know, something he was, we were talking about once was, I think there was a saying that um, a lot of small business owners are busy going broke type of thing. <laughs> um, Savage. And, and it, it's, it's, you know, it's talk, we were talking about how, um, you know, you can be really reactive to how things are going um, and you don't really want to be in that space. Say your numbers are dropping and your top line's coming down and your bottom line's going up. And uh, your problem for a lot of people, common thing is they start to diversify. It's like, oh, well, we can make more money this way and we can make more money that way. Um, and you start doing different things and broadening your product. And anyway, uh, people can mistake being busy um, for, you know, doing better business or working better. Being more effective. Being more effective. <clears throat> um, and, and so many, and you know. Or addressing the real problems. That's right. And I look around and when you become a small business owner, you start looking at every, you know, you start appreciating, oh, fuck, where did, what, how does Yeti do things when I pick up my coffee cup? Or how you see business everywhere. Yeah, and you kind of started that, I guess. Yeah, and yeah. that cafe and you can appreciate things a lot more and you think about how they, they run and fuck, you see it everywhere. People are just like trying to get it. They're just really busy, but you're like, oh, you know, they haven't really nailed their, pro- oh, they're just competing in the same space as all these other brands. And it's like, fuck, in business, and I'm not sure how we're doing, but like there's so many crimes being committed. <laughs> People are just, you just look at, you know, you still look at some business, you're like, oh, that that, that doesn't look like it's going to last very long. Yeah. Or that if someone comes up with an idea and you're like, that's not a good idea. Yeah. You like know, and you're like, yeah. Yeah. Like you see a cafe or something that just, yeah, whatever. It's just trying to, it's just not hitting the mark with something you're like, oh, yeah. I don't see that working. Yeah. You're like, yeah. fuck. And, and it's crazy, right? Because- like that's someone's dream. That's right. Some like someone like us that's gone. Like I'm going to put money and time. I'm going to kind of like put everything into this to try and make it work. And you're like, oh fuck. And I'm sure you know people have looked at us and said a similar thing. And a millionaire's just driven past the front of our gym. Yeah. And going, oh, it's that place. These guys <laughs> should be playing the stock market. Correct. Not tossing around barbells. But yeah, it's it's um. It's, uh, it's a bit of a sobering sort of thought when you have that, when you see 
businesses open and close and you realize that they're people just like you mm. with these ideas and dreams and passion, whatever, and it didn't work out. Or, you know, maybe it did, maybe it did and whatever, they, they pivoted, did something else and, and, you know, their shops closed, we've taken, you know, it's not necessarily always bad. Yeah. Things like, just change. Yeah. Or you get a lot of businesses that, um, uh, you know, it creates a job for that person to make a living. Yeah. That's a common one. Um, and it's great because they don't like working for the man and they want to work in this field and they're doing it and they're doing it themselves and it gives them the freedoms for whatever else, the children or whatever else. But it just becomes a job and it it uh, it, it never goes to the next level or it never gives them holiday time or whatever it is. It just it exists for 40 years and then it kind of doesn't go anywhere after that. So what's going on with T? T-Bot. Um, had a few conversations with him. Yeah. Short ones. He's um, in Mullum region. Some details we just skim over because they're irrelevant. They're not that pertinent because they're quick calls. He's busy right now. He's trying to lock down his house. He's trying to like find a- Just, like just finalise his home. Settle a home with, for his family. Which, <clears throat> you know- as these things can happen, he had it there and it's just delayed, pushed back, etc. Until that's signed, that would just be a cloud over your head. Um, and on top of that, he's, yeah, he's looking for the gym space and that particular region is getting really expensive and, you know, it's, it's not easy to find a suitable place for what he wants. Yeah, right, for a lease. Mm. He's got um he's got Pavel up there with him, Coach Pavel. Yep. I think that's he's been working they've been working together. He's been a bit of an offsider for him. For sure. He went up early. He was up there some months earlier, scouting places. They're in communication from Sydney to there. And since then, yeah, they're they're working together. I'm not really sure what their day to day looks like. Like I said, he's securing his house and in the meantime. There's just some logistics shit going on because he has to live in a, a different place um, while that all happens. And, mate, I don't know. Have you spoken to him? Yeah, yeah, we speak, I don't know, every couple of days. <clears throat> he, you know, he gives you – if you didn't notice, guys, T loves to give, like, big expert – like, just he'll dominate a conversation. You'll jump on the phone. you say, how's it going? And he'll just unleash. And then 30 minutes later, he'll be like, man, i got to go. But you haven't said anything. <laughs> but, he's, but he, you know, he, probably because yeah. no one else is going to listen to him up there at the moment. <laughs> he's had he's had a shitload on for sure. Yeah. Um. I, I. You know, for folks like it's it. It probably seems quite abrupt him leaving, and it was it did happen very quickly. We knew it was going to happen. It's always been part of the plan, but it was kind of like he went up there to have a look at you know to scout potential areas to for them to move to, and then I think on that trip they ended up putting a deposit down on a place. Like, they're like, oh, we're buying this joint. And then it was like, I don't know, maybe there was a month or so. It's like, oh, I'm back in town, back in Sydney for a month, and then we're moving. And then that just flew by, and I think it was- Well, it, it was supposed to be a couple of months, and then right. the opportunity came to go earlier and save a bunch of money on the place, doubling down on rent or something. So that, yeah, so that Jumped crept up. It. Yeah, that chopped off the time there. But before he went up for that original scout and found the place- like he was going up there and then he was going for a scout, check it out, see what's there. Then he just came back and said, I found a place. We own. And then it was on. We we're like, whoa, whoa, whoa there, Nelly. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's happened pretty quickly. I mean, 
like you said, it, it was in a plan for, for years he's been wanting to go up there. And then I think a big part of it was Ty came along, Ty Nui, his third kid, and he's been wanting to go for so long. And sometimes you just got to, like, do things, you know what I mean? And if you're, if you're a parent and you've got young kids or whatnot, like, you know that. Wait. Huh? Teava. I was just, I'm like, I'm like, there's so many fucking ties because we've got tie in the gym as well. I know. And I was like, I had to really process that. Yeah, it's, it's Tauva, isn't it? It is. Ty what did I say? Ty Nui. See, I've got kids too, so I've got the dad brain on. So 16 kids between them, guys. <laughs> you can't, you can't blame him. So, um, so yeah, when he came along, that, you know, you've got like the other two growing up and it's like school years and people are often like, okay, where am I going to be once they start school? And I want to, you know, now I've had a kid, I've got five years before they start school, like where do I want to bring them up? So it's, it's all that sort of talk. Yeah. The third one comes mm-hmm. along and he's like, oh, I was going to move before that. And now the other two are at school. It was like, let's just do it, do it now. Meanwhile, COVID hits. Northern Rivers is already blowing up. COVID. Becomes pushed. the anti-vax capital of the world. Yes. <laughs> just on the side. Um, but it just basically disperses a lot of population from the main cities. They're flooding to regional areas and that area that T wants to go and live in starts getting more expensive. Like rapidly. Rapidly. Like like it just got 5% more expensive since we started this podcast. <laughs> Guys, buy now. <laughs> yes. Sell your Bitcoin, buy now. Flat whites are now $9.10 <laughs> in Byron. No. So the, tr- the stories he was telling of when they were going to check houses sounded horrible. Sydney-esque. But even worse, 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 because it was just people with relatively big money from the cities who were just like rolling up to joints and like, yeah, I'll fucking take it. I don't even want to have a look at it. So it was like, who, that, get, who gets the, the deposit in first kind of shit? Yeah. So that's why I guess they either had to speed the whole thing up. But yeah, that, that was all part of, I think, why he was like, shit, I got to go now. Now It's now or never, you know, it's like, it might not be the best time, but it's never the best time, is it? No, it's not. No, I mean, it's been great. It's, it's very uh, interesting to me that we've all worked together, like face-to-face for many years now. He's gone, but it doesn't really, it doesn't really feel that profound or impactful because we're still so connected. We talk, WhatsApp, email. Like so it, true. You know what I mean? It's mm. not like, oh, my God, things have really changed around here. Which is how I always thought it would be. Like, oh, massive change. Yeah. I don't. Tradition, I wouldn't like, I never wanted us to break up. I just thought, oh, too much change. Um, so, yeah, two years ago, I would have been like, maybe we shouldn't, or more worried. But no, nothing's really changed. I'm, you know, I was very happy for him to go. I know that change is good for us, etc. But um, yeah, he just needs to get, uh, what does he need? Was it another car and fucking internet connection? Because right now, he needs internet. He's. Phone's dropping out while we're having meetings on his phone in his car while he's driving between places right now. He needs to get some technology sorted out. I need access to that. Remember back in the day when you would pull up out the front of someone's house and jump on their Wi-Fi? Remember those days? Yeah, I do. Like, and it would be gold. You're like, oh, I got this place around the corner. I just pull up out the front, jump on the Wi-Fi. It's not password protected. (sighs) Yeah, I remember that. On, well, and it would happen a lot on films and stuff because, you know, you're in commercials, you're in different places all the time and you just like pop it open, you just search for Wi-Fi. Yeah. Boom, I'm on. And then we're like radio in. It's like, oh, guys, I've got a Wi-Fi. <laughs> 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 it's this one. <laughs> 
So funny how there's just like a golden era. <laughs> the youngsters of today will never know about. Shit, yeah, they're going to be wired into their heads soon. Um, but yeah, it's been cool. I, um, I, I mean, I check in with him every couple of days. We, we haven't really even had a chance to figure out where he sits like with the podcast. Mm. Now, I don't think we've ever really wanted to do like a phone-in kind of thing where it doesn't seem right. Well, we have to do something. Well, I'm, I definitely think we should give it a go. What I've been thinking is once the dust has settled and mm. he's got his gym up and running, he has a house to live in, like all that's good. He, you know, he's kind of floated the idea of him coming down to Sydney regularly, whatever, every couple of months or something. Um, yep. And then me doing the same or even us doing the same to go up there. That's cool. Yeah. So we could, so say you did something like that every month or every six weeks that either you're, they're coming or you're going. Yeah. Yeah. You could very easily then go, all right, we'll, we'll record an episode at that time. And you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And that, that maintains the involvement. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I would love to, I'd love to do that. I'd love to have a little base up there that we could go and, for sure. you know, a gym to train at and a house yeah, to stay at sense. and stuff. Yeah. Like if you're half the time, you're, you're alternating it. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, uh, that'll be fun. Yeah. I, I would love to sit down and yarn with him again. Uh, but although he's moving and all that shit, the JA stuff's still moving forward. It's most definitely moving forward. What and it has some momentum. What's doing? Give us a... Well, so um, at the moment, we don't have, like, we have people coming through the ranks who are, uh, who are essentially allies. Right? They're part of the alliance. They've completed the first level of education, which is like our coach's internship. So the form that that's taken of late is the coach's intensive, which is the two-day course. So the way we see it is once you've completed that, you are certified to coach at an alliance gym and you are part of the alliance, which means that you can you can belong to the platform. You have this, you're part of this community which is connected digitally, um, and the software f- which that all happens on is currently in development. Right, something that you started a long time ago, which is almost like the first version of which is almost ready. Correct. So we've got these people in the ranks, and they're talking about, hey, I'm thinking about you know starting a small group thing here, getting some clients. I'd like to open a gym in this part of town. You know, like those conversations are happening, which is super exciting Mm. Um, because we're seeing that these people like at this point, the Alliance is really just an idea. And when we tell, and and we've been talking about it with these guys for long enough that they're like, Hey, I'm, I'm factoring in the Alliance to my future plans and I want to be part of it. And you're like, Holy shit. Like this idea is powerful enough that someone is, you know, shaping their life around it. Um, but yeah, so, so that side of things is happening. We had that recent coaches intensive where we had 15 people come through. There was a good couple of individuals there who were like, I want to be part of this. Like, and that was there. That was the, the I suppose, the catalyst for them. Um, in a couple of, in say a month or two, we'll have our first working version of the software and we will be able to put that in the hands of those individuals who are interested. So the coaches and a couple of other gyms who are keen to get on board. Plus we've got it, like we've accumulated a lot of coaches through here and people in our network who are also ready, ready to go. That's right. And I think like the, the you know, to, to clarify it for, for people listening, like the idea is that you could join the Alliance as a coach, in which case you would have this awesome piece of software that allows you to run your day-to-day business activities, manage your programming, 
um, build your customers and that kind of thing. And be supported by the Alliance education modules and stuff like that. That's right. Like more importantly, you would have access to all of this education that's going to help you make the best of your personal training business or whatever that is and get you to a point where if you want to open a gym, you could. Uh, and then it has the educational tools to take you from starting a gym to creating a really successful gym. Um, so you can jump on it whichever stage you're at. The next part of the process is for us to build our, uh, our business intensive, which that's the second level of certification that would be required for that coach who then goes, hey, I want to open a gym and I want to I put the flag of the alliance on this, on this outpost. Say, okay, cool. Well, you got to do this education and then you can do that. I think, you know, something that we, like we value the education piece so highly because we look back at all the mistakes we made and it's like, man, if we can just arm people with like these key lessons and perspectives and if we can give them that, then they can avoid 99% of the mistakes we made. And then we can populate the earth with better gyms. Yeah, that's right. Stronger communities. Yeah. Like healthier people. Just, yeah, exactly. Better, like, like mental health, on a, like improve mental health on a greater scale, mm. you know, and have business owners who are like, successful and like loving their business and you know it's it's profitable and it's enjoyable and it's all the things that you set out for your business to be uh, as opposed to well i started this thing with a bunch of passion but i made all these fucking mistakes and it was really a hard couple of ten you know a hard bunch of years and now i'm getting <coughs> a job for someone else i was really lean i was really fit <laughs> yeah training the time heaps. Heaps yeah training but <laughs> yeah that's right but just couldn't sell a membership <laughs> like that you know and that's that's so i mean that's kind of our whole thing right is that that's really what the fitness industry does it brings people in with passion and this kind of i don't know it's almost like a bit of a like a misconception that hey you can just start a thing and people are going to come and train with you because you're passionate and you're awesome you know and they're going to love it and you're going to be really successful and it often doesn't work out that way unless you join the alliance very nice. But so yeah. Uh, so um, I guess you've got uh, some allies and a community in there, um, and you guys. So part of the time you spend, you're you're meeting with people, you're building more of this thing. You know whether it's uh, you know uh, a pathway for a coach or or a person to become a coach or a coach to become a, a gym owner eventually. So you're building those pathways. I know that you guys are working on um, just articulating all of everything in, you know, education modules that what we're calling at the moment. Um, there's the platform and then there's just stuff to do like website, right? Website and stuff like that. Yeah. Stuff that just little things. Yeah. Yeah. Website, setting up email addresses. Yeah. Putting the courses onto the webpage, getting the designer to, to make it look nice, getting mm. the developers to build the webpage. Mm. You know, things that, <clears throat> things that you could do, like if you were just a small bit, like a really small business, you could just do it yourself and it would be good enough. Set up like a Squarespace webpage or a Wix webpage or something. But, you know, our plan is to be much bigger than that. Like our plan is for this thing to be really the headquarters of, some, of, of, a, of, a, of, a, of a big movement within the global fitness industry. So, and we've not, we had, we learned these lessons with our gym, didn't we? That's like, the homemade stuff gets you to a point, but there is a time, like a, a time comes where 
you have to have a properly made website. You have to have consideration of how that works with SEO. You have to have like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. A framework that can handle traffic and totally. I mean, if you're if you're, I mean, if you're serious about your mission, and we want to spread good messages and good education for people and have those gyms around, then these are just the things that make it better and a more efficient way to achieve that mission. Proper website, like if you think about um, the journey of a member here, to use our gym as an analogy, who came into our gym six years ago versus now it's much more efficient for them to get to their goals and have a life change and give good energy off to their friends and family. It's much more efficient now than it, than it was before. They'd still get it all, but we might lose them along the way just because our processes and our, our frameworks and our B and C teams that we have here, that coaches in the community, they all support that now, but we didn't quite have it then. So it's just like building that framework so that people can move through. They're not confused about what's going on. There was some confusing processes, I would say, in, in our, our gym before. Now, now everything's really, you know, setting up to win yeah, it's, and, and make it easier for folks. Yeah, it's so true. It's streamlined and it's like – and I think too there's – like say with the digital side of things, all of that's evolved so much, oh, dude. hasn't yeah. it? Like you, yeah. look at, um, you look at how you engage with apps and how you engage with websites and, you know, like if you've got a – I don't know if you want to run a course, you can look at multiple different websites that offer platforms for sure. you to run your course on and, and they're really user-friendly and it's like, that's your stuff has to be that good now. The language has changed. The expectations have changed. Yeah. Access expectations have changed and um, attention time spans have changed. Like if you want to know something, I suppose you, you're gonna, you want to be able to look it up straight away because you'll forget likely or it just won't happen. Yeah. There's so many touch points now to take care of, isn't there? There is. We're talking about the Instagram piece the other day. I'm quite happy not managing that extra Instagram account, but have a break. The Jungle Alliance. Years. Its time is coming. It will need an Instagram account. I mean, can it not? I don't believe so. It. it no. Well, it has to have some, it's and you, it's got to have a. It's just about how much effort you put into your chosen channels but it, you know you, it's like everyone has to have an open account so that people like oh they have an instagram they have a facebook oh they don't do much on it but their youtube's popping but you have to have all these bloody things you do it's like it used to just be an email address oh no it used to be an abn <laughs> yeah and i was like abn no and then you need a customized email address otherwise you're not legit either yeah jungle brothers at gmail.com doesn't work anymore <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and then it just goes on there facebook twitter blah 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 google Google, Google page, Google reviews, Google have freaking reviews. everything. Yeah, people don't trust you if you don't have reviews. Correct. <clears throat> but yeah, so it's really exciting. We've been chatting with um, some very, some really key individuals in the, in our network, in the fitness realm that are like watching the Alliance piece evolve and they're like, hey, I want to know more about this. Mm. I, I love what you guys, like we've always loved what you guys do and there's a lot of mutual respect. And we won't mention names at this point because we don't want to, you know, nothing's committed to. Um, <laughs> but these but these cats are like, I want to be a part of it, you know? And we're like, cool, well, like, just hang tough. We'll have something ready to go soon. And it's going to be very early stages that these people can get involved. And I think that the beauty of what we're building is that it's, it's uniting uh, – 
passionate coaches and gym owners, people who have like had the, I guess, had the kind of balls to go, I'm going to put like my life on, like I'm going to put my life into this, my money, my time, my energy to create something. And the, the tricky part, and we know this, is that you create it and often it's just in your little world. It's just your little gym, your little community. Mm. Whereas we know how much value can exist in that small building with the coaches that are in there, with the, the amount of energy that the owners go to, to put towards the programming, towards, you know, considering their social events and like, fuck out the merchandise. Like, what's the new design for the hoodie got to be? It's got to be sick. You know, like there's just like a, a lot of passion behind the whole project. What the Alliance does is that it uh, unites all these people together so that now instead of just existing in your four walls, you can exist outside of that. You can share that information, you can sell your information to other people and it allows, it gives more power to each of those individuals so that collectively they have a larger effect on the market, which I think like small gyms are where real change happens in fitness industry. I don't think lives are changed at fitness first or at anytime fitness. I think good things can happen there. You know, people, some people can get good stuff out of that. Most people don't. But the vast majority of people that come through the doors of a gym like this have a transformative experience. And if, you, if we can do something that helps to increase the chances of success and like even just survival, but success for the operators of those gyms and the coaches within it, that's a fucking awesome thing. That's cool. Yeah, I like the idea of, um, and I can't wait, when we're all um, collaborating between other gyms in the Alliance. I mean, we, we have done in the past, for sure. Uh, unofficially, right? Unofficially, other workshops or, you know, other gym owners will come here or coaches, like it happens all the time. But, uh, you know, just more of a relationship where, you know, that, that's what's there to happen. Because I know sharing ideas and collaboration is how things evolve a lot evolve yeah you can't it's it's very difficult to evolve in a padded room on your own you need people to inspire you from different walks of life and then you need people to check you you need people to you know help you along from their perspective it's just yeah you need honest feedback feedback Mm. yeah i mean man i think about the amount of conversations I've had with other gym owners over the years where it's like, Hey man, can I pick your brain? Like I wanted to ask you about your internship. We want to do something similar. It's that type of thing. Hey man, what payment system do you guys use? Can we chat about that? Mm. And it's like, yeah, always. Or like, fuck, what do you guys do about your garden? we got a little patch, you know, and it's what we're, what we're building is like all that shit. Here it is, you know, take it, take it, add to it. Like contribute back. Totally. So that, that, that thing, like that one topic, and amidst this collection of different topics that are relevant to running a gym, just become like best in class, you know? And then like, you got someone coming in early in the game. It's like, oh, I can just adopt this. This is fucking awesome. I'm gonna take the guidance that, has, uh, that these guys are offering, which is this collective body of knowledge. Yeah, it's mad. Make got, it happen already. Well, it's such a big idea, God. Chop, chop. I know, we're on it. We'll have a website soon. Still trying to acquire the domain name. That's another that's a story for another day. Oh yes. <laughs> I keep asking you about it. <laughs> yeah, no movement on that yet. Only because I, I get asked about it for whatever I'm trying to fill in a form or fucking developers want to know something. Yeah. It's all G. It's all G, it's coming. Madam um, 
I asked you before about this, if you'd been cutting weight recently, because I noticed you'd changed some of your eating habits and you've leaned up. But you were saying, oh, not really. Like, it's just, what's oh. happened there? Or can I ask, what eating habits did you see me change? Uh, I feel like you are, I feel like that you just, there's more, um, I don't know, maybe it's more intention around your food. Like, you yeah. got your f- foods prepped more often from home. Yeah, yeah, like, fuck, I guess. Less meat pies. More salads. <laughs> Funny, I had pies yesterday. Did you? But they were home-cooked ones. Oh. God, I'm lucky. That <laughs> was so good. Um, it's funny thing, and I, I guess this is me noticing a pattern about me. I, I don't really, with nutrition, I don't do any hard and fast rules, but I do shift slowly over time, or I do go into a phase, you know what I mean, where I've learned something new, and then I kind of apply it, but I don't put a flag in the ground, and I don't follow it 100%. Right. Um. But overall, over the years, like I've slowly gotten better at it all, I suppose. And I, I think I'm going through a good phase of consistency, I suppose. Um, I think part of it was to do with saving money as well. Um, and, and not just purely saving money, but also knowing that it was better for my health. It was just, and I just don't like eating out so much. Um, but it is a reality of when you're quite busy and your, your partner's quite busy and it's hard to, to just get it going. Um, so like to have food cooked all to the time. To have food cooked, like food prep. Yeah. Like it's one thing to have good meals at home for the kids and all of us. And then to also have, and like, you know, I require quite a lot of calories during the day. You're a big and, guy. And snacks. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that that's a tough one to, um, to just organize, you know, unless you're super aligned with your partner and they're the same way. And they're more than happy. They know your needs and they'll shop for your snacks when they're shopping and you don't happen to be there with them or not. Um, yeah, so I guess I haven't been doing anything specific, but I have been trying to eat from home way more, trying to eat out less. Um, we had that podcast with... Kieran. Kieran. Lefebvre. Lefebvre. Um, that was cool. That was a bit of inspo. I've been changing a little bit. I had a conversation with Tash about it. Again, it's it's small change for us. We have a conversation. We decide to look and discuss how our food's going in the next week, considering a few theories I have on, you know, her and my calorie or macros that we're kind of getting. And, you know, I think she doesn't eat enough in general and, and doesn't have enough carbs, et cetera. And me, I could be getting more X and Y. So we had that discussion. It comes up in our awareness and then we write a shopping list and then we try to do it like that. Because for us to go, hey, let's flick the switch next week and start counting calories, it's not going to happen. Mm. So we're just talking about it more. Um, and, you know, that obviously works really well for, for myself and I'm us that we have um, the genuine uh, kind of draw towards eating better. We feel better. We believe in that. It would, this type of way of doing it is not necessarily what a client needs, for instance. No, <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's more in, it's, it's more of an intuition based thing, yeah, yep. which is, yeah is well suited for some, but not all. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I think I'm making better choices. I haven't written it down on paper. Has your weight changed? It's about the same. Uh, well, uh, same as like, what were you at, like at the fight night end of last year? The fight night, I was bloody eighty five. Eighty five. Was I eighty five? Eighty four point five or eighty five point five? All I know is that. I was, I was like five kilos heavier than my opponent and I didn't feel right being a lot heavier than him because I 
you know, you don't want to be like the bigger guy. Oh, you guys looked about the same, strangely. Well, in the end, I was 500 grams heavier than him. Ah, right. He yeah, came in heavier than anticipated. Yep. Well, yeah. I just picked and up I, a cheeky four and a half kilos somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, well, I dropped down. Right. I dropped down, yeah. Um, but since then, I'm, I'm back up to about 87. Okay. Um, and I like it around here. Yeah. Training's been pretty consistent this year. That's probably a factor. Um, for me, um, yeah, this year, which is just a factor, just, I think my metabolism is just really kind of working at a regular pace at the moment because I'm moving so much, um, and yeah, consistency, which last year was terrible with COVID and yeah, whatnot. Yeah, of course. And, um, Forget about that. Dude, I just, COVID was just disruptive yeah. and I'm definitely uh someone who needs a community or a group to train with um i'm not a robot you know pt guy that just fucking loves it lives for it i i love movement and and all the rest of it but it was just tough during that time yeah um so yeah like compared to last year just on a good run at the moment food's kind of in check not eating a lot of crap sleep could be better that's what the whoop's telling you um, Probably feeling it too. Yeah, that that's it could be better, but it's it's getting there. When could it not be? Yeah, my sleep. Yeah, could definitely do with a bit of improving as well. But I know that that's a constant. So yeah, so I'm not doing anything specific. How about you? Um, I'm you, not. I'm you, not now. Yeah, I was like we spoke about on the Kieran podcast. Yeah. I was leading up to that that jujitsu competition a couple of weeks ago, um, and I dropped like five kilos four and a half, five kilos. And now I'm just, I've kind of just relaxed on it all for the most part, but I'm still sitting around 85. I think I had to work quite hard to get to 90. And that was a real goal for me. I was like, I just want to get to 90 kilos. Mm. And then I got there and then I was like, okay, I think I'll head back down to 85. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Um, I actually put on a pair of jeans the other day and I was like, holy shit, these jeans fit. There are a pair of jeans that I bought that always were a little bit too tight for me. And the sales, they're nudie jeans. And if you've oh. ever seen my backside, I'm not standard white guy, kind of hips and butt. Got a bit <laughs> of thickness down there. And um, Trainer. Um, but I bought these. I bought these new, yeah, and the girl's like, oh, no, they'll, they'll, soft, they'll soften up. They'll, you know. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I'm like, you sure? Like, because I don't want to be that guy that walks around with like, you know, you can see their calves quad and their hug. Yeah, like I hate that look on, on guys with a bit of muscle. That's how they make jeans. There's no. I don't, well, that's right. Well, I don't shop that much anymore, but fuck, they're all tight. They're all they're tight. Just getting, they've been getting tighter. Yeah, which is fine for if you got skinny legs. I'm like, well, that's okay. It kind of goes with your wiry frame, but if you got a bit of mass on yeah. those pins, I think you need jeans that are like. Like a little bit of surplus in there. But that's the fashion now as well. It's like people are like, ah, oh, you can see everything. Yeah. Which, I don't know. I just think it looks whack. I like a, I like a skinny jean, but not this fucking painted on shit. Yeah, like skinny within reason. But yeah, so I put them on the other night. I was like, oh, these fit. That's cool. I was quite excited by that. I just looked around the room just for a second to see if there's anyone here <laughs> who sports two skinny pants. I don't want to them, but <laughs> well, Nikki is wearing tights. But um, yeah, it's funny. I've never had that that thing where people are like, oh, I want to be able to fit back into my my wedding dress or you know whatever it is. These these things like, oh, yeah, my favorite jacket doesn't fit me anymore. I've never had that. 
yeah, yeah. I've always just outgrown clothes consistently. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's really nice to come back and be like, oh, that's cool. They actually fit me again. That's <laughs> sick, you know. But um, yeah, no. So I'm, people I'm, are out there listening, doing the violin one. Oh, Joey. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, like so hard. Poor guy. Poor guy. Yeah, so tough for you. But it's um, <laughs> but it is very interesting to me how quickly, like, say when I did that, uh, followed that nutrition plan for six weeks or whatever it was. Um, all of a sudden, you just get strict on you know what's going in, and you realize that. Without, without some kind of plan, usually over time, life just conspires to like layer in a bunch of like, a bunch of little things that equal big things. Man. Like it's like, I was, I'm never eating bad food, but it was just like, instead of maybe one day a week, like on the weekend where I'll be like, oh, hey, let's go to like the French patisserie and I'll get some croissants to take home and, you know, I'll have one it might be like I'm eating some kind of pastry three days a week, you know? And it's like, holy shit, like that bit of toast, that bit of sourdough with butter and jam that I like to have. I'm doing that after dinner every night of the week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or it's like, uh, you know, things, I've got things like bacon and avocado in breakfast more days than not. And it's just, as soon as you get on a plane, you're like, holy shit, that stuff just crept in over time. All of the, none of those things are bad, but done, at like a at a like frequently like that they can equal well you're probably getting more calories than you need and it's so true how it just kind of creeps up during covid the muffins up at cosiniro oh yeah man they're so good they've got yogurt in them mm. and it, i don't know how it works but it makes them so fluffy bit of sound like a slight tang yeah, to it and they've got the berry one but the mango one and coconut like these are hitting the spot for me and i was having one like every day that i came into the gym i mean i, I just went into a, one of those little routines yeah where i was like yeah get my coffee get my muffin get my muffin and cut it in half have some in the morning have some in the afternoon and then that's like four muffins a week <laughs> yeah like yeah. holy shit it just became a bit of a routine but yeah creeps in did i ever, did i ever tell you about um discipline josh cordoba who i have run, you know done the retreats yep. with and yep. stuff a lovely guy. Hottest guy in the world. Best, good looking man. <laughs> and when he stands up in front of you and starts telling a story and then tears up, yeah, grown that's man right. crying in front of you, you're just like, XNRL I want to marry player. him. Yeah. Um, but he, uh, he was telling me about when he, you can look, photos of, look at photos of him when he played for Cronulla Sharks because he played NRL. And he was like, I don't know, he's, he must be about 80, 85 kilos now. I think he was like 110 or 115. Back then, he's fucking Jesus. massive, big rugby player, like big league player. And I asked him what what they how he put on weight, and he said what they used at the Sharks was the muffin diet. So he said they would eat big meals, like breakfast, lunch, dinner had to be you know big, so plenty of calories. But the muffin diet was you could buy these trays of six muffins <laughs> from the supermarket, and they were like you know really processed, full of fucking vegetable oil and like probably margarine and really yeah. high calorie muffins. And you would eat two muffins after every meal. So it'd be after breakfast, two muffins. After lunch, two muffins. <laughs> two muffins. So he's like, you'd have to stock up at the beginning, like get like fucking seven packets of these muffins. Six packs. And it was just, it was just <laughs> how they spiked their calories. And he's like, oh man, I gained like 10 kilos in fucking a month. You know? Yeah, it's gross. I worry about that. Like, uh, yeah, just young footballers getting big early and getting big quick. And got my nephews getting pretty big now and stuff. And I'm like, fuck. Is I wonder, 
yeah, I just wonder about the injury rates and the stuff like that. Just yeah, getting fleshy on your frame too early. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a tough one, right? Because it kind of sets a lot of habits for a young man and. Yeah, that too. You know, you can see people that, that, you know, manage it quite well coming out, but it has to be an intentional process, yeah. doesn't it? Like, oh, hey, okay, I'm not playing anymore. Yeah. I have to change my diet, change my habits. There's mm-hmm. Josh doing it, being the, the flag. Yeah, he's, he's done it very well. He's incredible. I mean, he's he mobile. Incredible. He's mobile as yoga oh. teacher. Is he? Yeah, he's not, no, no, he's not super duper mobile. He's like, but like dealing with a lot of leftovers from his career. But I, you know, the hips. way I see him move, he moves so well for a guy who was a, you know, he was a forward, yeah? Yeah. He was just a heavy hitting brick. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's a, it is an impressive transformation to go mm, from mm. that to, yeah, being a somewhat mobile yoga teacher. He's a good man. Mm. But yeah, no, so I, you know, I think that the food thing, going through a process of some kind of regular sort of whatever it is, you follow a diet for a while or you jump on a plan or you, you go, hey, you know what, for the next couple of months I'm cutting out X, Y, and Z. I think that that really goes a long way. I, every time I do it, I'm glad I've done it. And then it also buys me a bit of freedom afterwards because I'm like, all right, I'm just going to be free for a while. And that process of on and off seems to work well for me. You know and, something that um, – does it for me like when I think about oh how did I you know you asked me like what am I doing and I don't have a clear process um you know part of somewhere mixed in there is also like the politics of eating as well in the sense that I don't like you know eating processed food because it's bad for me but I also don't want to um you know uh you got those companies that are just banging food out and I feel like they're acting irresponsibly and whatever else. I don't want to support you want to that cast ongoing. For them. Yeah. I don't want that problem to keep going. So like part of those things help, you know, narrow the road. You know what I mean? For, for me, like, so it's well, the blinkers are on a little bit because the older I've gotten, the more I'm more staunch about say this or that. I mean, I'm, I'm not the mo- most staunch. It's probably the wrong word to use, but you know, I've got, more limitations about what I do, what I won't do. And um, I think back now, I just think it's funny because it's something that you said when we were in New Zealand on the film that I use a lot. And now I just realised now it came from you. Um, and it's an idea of being a slave to something. Because um, I see food, um, you know, as a big discipline thing and training is a discipline thing. Um, it's being disciplined. And, and um, do you remember like uh, Bilzy? <laughs> Uh, uh, so in the film industry, um, you know, we worked in lighting. So we were technicians, techs. We had trucks, we had gear, we had tool belts. We had beers in a Nesky at the tailgate at the end of a big fucking day. Big day. Big day. Every day is a big day. Every day is a Esky full of beers. Well, you know, for a lot of crews, it's on a Friday. Yep. Go up to Queensland, do a film. It's every fucking day. <laughs> was it not? It was every day. Yeah, beers at the tailgate. Yeah. Which is just crazy. Um, But, you know, when – and you were – you've never been a big drinker to start start off with. I mean, I tried. But, But, you know, you you got that kind of attitude about having a beer and it was like, um, you know, Bills would rip in in if you weren't having a beer. You know, hey, fucking bullet. Have a fucking beer, pussy. Right, mate. Yeah. And and, uh, I'm pretty sure it was you who was like – and you've always been good with – retorts like you know ripping back at someone 
I wasn't, I've never been that good at it. You're pretty sharp. And you ripped into him like, you started saying that to him. Do you remember that? Am I th- remembering this right? You, you were like, you were like, um, he's like, bah, I'm not a fucking slave to that beer. So you're a slave, mate. It was like, it was that, do you remember that? Oh, very vaguely. You know, and anyway, it's stuck in my head because it, it's, it is a bit like that where they, they become reliant on it. It's anything that you become really reliant on. And, um, you know, all alcohol and drinking and addiction aside, um, it was just this idea of like being a slave to something. And um, I know that uh, T does it with coffee. And I, I just don't like to be enslaved by something where I'm relying on something too much. Yeah. Um, so I like to like, part of me is like, I, I just, I just want to cycle off something for a while. I just want to change. I don't want to keep having that muffin because it's, it's actually got a little bit of a hold on me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm like, oh, no, fuck that. You know, I'm an independent person. I, I have discipline and I can practice it type of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a great point. Hey. Yeah. You and know, those things are in there and you're like, fuck, I'm relying on this thing. Yeah. But I just like the perspective because um, it kind of, I don't know, it's, it's useful for my mindset anyway. Because um, that image is like something has a power, something is charming me in such a way that I've become passive and, um, and that's just not my, that's my, not my person, that's not who I am. So I'm like, well, that makes it easy for me when I think of it like that. I'm like, no, fuck, fuck you. It's almost like it's an, on, an empowering perspective yeah, of yourself. Yeah, it is an empowering perspective where you're like, no, I won't do that, I won't do that, whatever it is. That makes sense? It totally makes sense. Slave to the piss. Slave to the fucking well, you know, piss, bro. That's tough. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, yeah. I'm quite impressed that I, that I said that. I kind of remember, because I think, because those things get under your skin too, right? Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. in a group of guys, oh, everyone's man. drinking, and then Every one of day. the older guys says, "You have a fucking beer, mate. What? And you're the relax, young guy. Yeah. you know." And you're like, "Oh, like I'm, I'm my man, my manhood's being threatened." Yes, yeah. I was impressed. Yeah, I've always been impressed. You just shoot back at him. Well, it's funny now because we're so far from that, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. That you're just like whatever, dickhead. You know, but <laughs> like, and no one would even say that to us. Like he would like say, he would never say that. Well, I guess it depends on the setting you're in. He'd say that. He'd say that. Yeah. <laughs> Not if he was at the gym, but if we were at the tailgate, you oh, know, because yeah, yeah. it's like very context driven. Yeah. But- um, Love Bills, he shouts. Yeah, he's a great guy, Mark Beer, is he? <laughs> um, but um, that like, yeah, it's funny how kind of sensitive we are in those circumstances. And it can be very easy to get carried along with something because, because of that sensitivity, like- Whereas if you can like that shift in perspective, go, mate, fuck. Like I'm choosing not to do that because of this. And then that instead of like you succumbing because you feel insulted or you feel like the need to prove yourself, rather you become empowered to like hold your ground. Yeah. I think that's, that's a cool thing. And I think like your perspective on like not wanting to vote for large scale, like global um, food corporations, like that's a very empowering thing. And a lot of people probably don't think about that when they're at the cafe or at the supermarket that their dollar is casting a vote. So it's like, like be, you're just being mindful about this will enable you to, to empower yourself to make better decisions. And just for the record, I'm not perfect, obviously, it's, but it's just a, something that you strive towards. Like you pick your battles. You pick your battles. Like, you know, I've come to the point where when I see packaging, I just, I, I immediately have some sort of sensitivity to, food being in a package and I'm still going to buy it. Like I have to here and there, but um, yeah, 
that's another little thing that you're like, I won't support that type of thing if I can. And that leads to eating whole foods or whatever it is. It's like, I, I just don't want to buy the apples that are in the fucking packet. I don't know why they put them into a packet for. Is it easier to pick up? It's weird. It's just stupid, you know. Anyway, um, I forgot what my point I was going to make, but. It's a perfect point to wrap it on. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll close up there. That was mad. Mate, good to catch up. Yeah. We don't get to talk very often. So it was actually nice just to do it over the air. It's a drizzly day here in Sydney. Yeah, it's shitty. I was ripped on for saying it was cold by a couple of Irishmen. Um, Azza. It's like 10, 10 Mate, degrees. He's the guy degrees. wearing the puffer jacket. Not it's right, true. He's downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a nice time to have a chat anyway. Yeah, it's always good to catch up. We weren't drinking coffee today, but you know we always got the love for Panavore. Check them out if you're over Shout outs to Dilma today. Dilma tea. I was just having a Dilma, bro. You know Dilma's like an <laughs> empire in Sri Lanka. Oh. No, but not a bad empire. But they got like a they, their, their family, the Dilma group, owns like this line of luxury hotels. Okay. Around. Yeah, it was quite – we stayed at one and they had a little booklet and it was like, holy shit, this is the Dilma family. Like mm. they got – yeah, it's like an empire built on tea. Wow. Yeah, it's actually very cool. I'd like to go there one day. Sri Lanka's awesome. Yeah, I was so so feel so lucky that we got to go there just before COVID kicked off. Of or course. as it was kicking off. Of course. Because otherwise, yeah, like, fuck, it's not going to be a bit of travel for a while. I know we're wrapping up, but how's the young man? Oh, he's really good. Yeah. Yeah, he's just, uh, he's he just hit five months. Or he's about to hit five months, I think, in a couple of days. Um, you yeah. rolling around on his belly? Um, he's rolling around like he, like, yeah, like he's playing on his belly. He loves that. Yeah, he's trying to trying to rock around. around. Yeah, can't can't quite get the traction with the feet yet. Has rolled over a couple of times accidentally. Decent, mate. The kid can almost fit his whole fist in his mouth. Because he's got a small fist or a big mouth. I don't know. Or he's just determined. Could just be the <laughs> perfect meeting of both. <laughs> but he like he gets excited and he wants you know everything goes in the mouth. Yeah. When he's excited. Oh yeah. Bib goes in the <laughs> mouth. Cloth goes in the mouth. Toys, and he's like. Like you'll, you'll surprise him or something. He'll be like, <laughs> big smile. And then he'll like shove his fist <laughs> in his mouth. It's so yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. But yeah, he's great. I feel, um, yeah, uh, my, you know, the connection with him is just like deepening by the weeks. It's like, it's quite incredible to experience. I feel so fortunate that you're just like, holy shit, man. Like, this is so cool. I'm getting to build this bond with this little guy. Yeah, that's mad. Because you know, it's not necessarily there right at the beginning. No, there, there is some, some obviously something profound that happens, but it's not like, oh my God, like, yeah, you know, there's connected to mum for a good portion of the day. Yeah. The beginning. Yeah. For sure. And you can see that they've got a special thing that, you know, that's yeah, like, oh, yeah. fuck, I'll never be yeah, able to yeah, experience yeah, yeah, that because yeah. I don't, I'm not breastfeeding or whatever. But, um, and I don't necessarily envy that, even though it would be very cool to experience it. I have thought about that many times. When you move into five, Doc, brah. Brah. We're looking back at the inner west. Could be I soon. Know. Who knows? Exciting news. Uh, I won't. I'll tell you off air where the next place we're going to see. Snap. But let's just say that Joe will be returning to his roots. Wow. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for the chat, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back at you next week. We've got some awesome guests and stuff coming up, so stay tuned. And you will hear Tira on the podcast again at some point soon. Um, thanks for supporting the show. If you do like it, please share it with a friend. It helps to get our name out there and, and um, helps to support what we do, which is bring awesome people on, talk to you guys about training, lifestyle, health, um, all that good stuff.
Thanks, Paulie. Peace. See you.